The Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. All the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. The Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them a parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So the father divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to, the, to his fields to feed the pigs. The young man would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and despair? But here I am, dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I no longer, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And get the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field. And when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. The slave replied, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he got him back safe and sound. The elder son became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, listen, for all these years I've been working like a slave for you and I have never dis disobeyed your command. 
and yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours comes back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you kill the fatted calf for him? Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, before I begin the homily, I'm going to put a kind of an advisory. First off, no animals were, were, were harmed when I share this story. And the second thing is, do not do this at home. Now I've got your interest, right? They say if you put a frog in a pot of boiling water, it will jump out immediately. Amen? But they say, and again, I have not tried this myself. If you put a frog in a pot of normal water and then slowly bring the water to boil, the frog will stay right inside the pot until it boils to death. Falling into a routine in our relationship with Jesus is like that. It's not as if we suddenly become murderers or terrorists. Not at all. Rather, rather we gradually let ourselves be drawn away from Jesus. Bit by bit, little by little, step by step. How does that happen? It's when we start to ignore one little teaching of the church, and then it becomes easier to ignore another, and then another, and then another. We ignore our conscience, and we give in to the temptation to lie just a little bit, or to steal just a little bit. The next time, it's easier to ignore our conscience, and the lie gets bigger. We love some of our neighbors as ourselves, Yet we treat others with indifference, as if Christ did not die for them. At first, we ignore them. Then we start to criticize them. And when they're not around, pretty soon, our hearts are boiling with anger and envy and resentment. And our friendship and relationship with Jesus is on the rocks. 
it's still if it's still alive at all. If we want to experience Christian joy, we have to make a decision to do so. Amen? Christian joy is the feeling that comes from a fresh, personal, living relationship with Jesus Christ. Yet that friendship has to be based more than on feelings. It needs to be based on the foundation of virtue, the firm and frequently renewed decision to stay close to Jesus, to follow him, to avoid boiling to death in routine, which is a deadly obstacle to Christian joy. Today is Latare Sunday, which means rejoice. We have it in the Advent season, we have it in the Lenten season, because we are midway through our Lenten journey toward Jesus' passion, death, and resurrection. So at this point in our Lenten journey, the church invites us to rejoice, to embrace joy. Now, Christian jo joy is different than normal joy. Normal joy goes away because the things that cause it, like, like basketball championships and snow days, those things go away. Things like the Toronto Maple Leafs win the Stanley, Stanley Cup, they go away. Amen? Or, no, I won't go there. I was going to say the Montreal Canadiens, but I'll get in trouble with Father Patrick. But Christian joy is based on something that never, ever goes away. That friendship, that relationship with Jesus. It's loving Jesus and being loved by him. That's that relationship. That's what it means. And it doesn't change with the seasons. Jesus is always faithful. This explains why Christians can sing hymns inside places that are terrible, like concentration camps, because prisons can't take away Jesus' love. That's the kind of joy that the church invites us to renew and embrace this day. And we do need to re renew it. We need to refresh it. Most of us, if we're honest, have to admit that we don't always feel that joy. <coughs> and why not? What is the obstacle? What is preventing joy from being experienced at all times? We have faith. That's why we are here. 
we believe that Jesus loves each and every one of us. So again, why don't we experience Christian joy more deeply and more consistently? The obstacle to Christian joy that we need to be very careful of is routine. Routine. It's falling into a routine in our relationship with God. That's what happened to the younger son in this parable. He went looking for joy in all the wrong places because he got tired of living with his dad. He became self-centered. He became selfish. He became bored. That's exactly what happens to us when we go looking for happiness in sin, in disobedience to God's will. The older son also lost sight of his father's goodness. He let the routine of life embitter his heart. He forgot that his father actually was actually giving him everything. He even says it. All that I have is yours. Now sometimes we do the same thing. On the outside, we may be very good Catholics and disciples of Jesus. Yet on the inside, we are angry, judgmental, critical, because we're just going through the motions. We have let that fire, that burning fire, go out of our friendship and relationship with Jesus. Routine in our relationship with God, that is an obstacle, a roadblock to experiencing Christian joy consistently and always. What Lent is all about, it's a season for us to break out of our routine, especially in our relationship with Jesus. He has much more he wants to give to us. So much he wants to do in each of our lives and through our lives and through each one of us. Above all, he wants us to experience a profound and constant joy that only that deep, dynamic, personal relationship with Jesus can give. He wants to give that to the world through each one of us. Amen? Today, this week, Let's ask God to give us the grace. We need to break out of our routines and to help others who may not be here to do the same. Yet let's also resolve 
to do something to welcome that grace. One easy way to do something is to go out of our way for someone. Let's go out of our way for someone this coming week. We can go out of our way to help someone in little things, like giving up the better parking space at the mall or wherever we go shopping, or taking time to actually find information for someone instead of just pointing them to a website. We could also go out of our way to help someone in bigger things, like taking the family to visit a sick relative or friend in the hospital or maybe in a nursing home, or inviting a new family in our parish family or in our neighborhoods and welcome them and have them come over for a welcome dinner. Or we can volunteer our most precious resource, and that is time. And we have lots of local ministries and services, like Second Chance Ministry, that we run out of the Comsey area. That is an excellent opportunity for us to do some big things for others. When we go out of our way for someone, we show them the goodness of God. And through those efforts, God will be able to reach out to many of the prodigal sons and daughters who are afraid to come home. And if God is working so closely and powerfully through us, it will also help renew our relationship and friendship with Jesus Christ. So, my friends, when we come up for Holy Communion, I would invite you and encourage you, renew that friendship. Renew that yes for Jesus. And ask for the grace of Christian joy. And promise to do something to help others and ourselves see God in a fresh way as he really is and feel in a very powerful way his joyful embrace again. Amen?